I think the first song I finished was Melting in the Sun. This is Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast. Episode 156, Melting in the Sun. There's no way out and there's no way back Sailing forever out along your path Some troubles dare to lose your sleep I started thinking that I'm into deep Melting in the Sun is the 10th track on Zoom. In the May 2001 issue of 20th Century Guitar, Jeff Lynne said, Melting in the Sun was like a picture I had in my mind of California being this golden place under the sun. And then out of the relationship that goes wrong, and all you're left with is sun. On the 2001 Sony Jeff Lynne interview disc, Jeff said, I tried this experiment. I got this little cheap Walkman uh, tape recorder, and I took the mic off and strapped tape Walkman on the mic stand, and uh, put it in record, and sang into that, uh, just to get a different sound. I wanted to try and get that old, really old-fashioned rock and roll sound, where the mic breaks up, you know, like little Richard gets, and he's all goes, wow, you know, and the mic actually physically gives in, and, and it's a fabulous kind of distortion. I couldn't get the exact same distortion, but I got some of it that I was looking for. But I noticed that it sounded better when, the, when my microphone was in record, not just on pause. So I had to let it run to get the sound I wanted to come down into here. It's like sunny California, all that. And then there's a bit where it isn't sunny, like for a few weeks. I mean, on a personal level. And so what you expected of sunny California didn't really come off, but you know, something else happened instead. So it's really that. Hot enough to boil a monkey's bum. I'm Eric Paul Johnson. And I'm Eric Winsensen. And Melting in the Sun, which was every goddamn day in Phoenix from March until November. That's about how it feels right now, actually. Well, it is April. Yep. Yes, I'm looking at my iPod. Yeah, yeah, you're going to be 90s, probably feel like 100. Meanwhile, here in Troy, Illinois, it's going to be in the 60s. Reason number one why I never, ever ever miss phoenix arizona and then it's going to be like a sauna there after uh june so reason why i like arizona <laughs> oh yeah right like it's not a sauna from june until september when the monsoons hit in hey i love seeing rain evaporate as it hits the sidewalk also here in june as all goes in the expanded episode we have temperatures in the 70s there are times i went outside and was like oh my god it's 115 degrees in phoenix and it's nice in 70s here in June. I wish you global warming. Melting in the sun. It's an unremarkable song. It sounds pretty much like almost everything else on this album. Sounds like almost everything else Jeff Lynne has put his hands on or wrung out for the previous 10 years anyway. And yet, I like it. I guess it's the catchy tune of it. 
that must be it. I mean, I do like when it goes into the chorus, when it sweeps up into that. It's got some nice wizards in there that make it a little more interesting. And in that fade-out, I think I hear a callback to the fade-out from Kuyama. It's, it's a song. And it's on Zoom. And even with all that against it, I don't mind it. I like it. It's not a song I ever rush to, but when it comes on, I don't feel like, ah, uh, crap, melting in the sun. Well, let's just suffer through it, and maybe Spotify will pick something better to play after this. So, eh, I like it. It's fine. Well, somebody compared it to Traveling Wilbury's song, but I think it sounds more like a outtake from Into the Great White Open, Tom Petty album. Oh, it sounds yes. like it, it sounds like Tom Petty said, and no, there's a lot better stuff on going on the album. <laughs> and Jeff Lynne went, okay, well, I'll record it myself. Or, well, more likely, Tom Petty write, wrote most of his own stuff, so he went, uh, you just sit there and produce. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you can keep this one. It's not bad. I like the guitar solo in it. Supposedly he sang part of it into a Walkman. It gets some distortion. Uh, I don't hear it. I don't, I don't know why that little trivia fact is there. Because if it seems to be buried or fixed or something in there before the final mix down or whatever he did, I, I just don't hear any Walkman microphone-like distortion on there. Yeah, he said he used a Walkman microphone. I guess if you really listen, you can kind of hear it. It's not quite the usual full sound that Jeff always has if you get a, a good microphone. But... I'm going to guess that after he recorded that through a Walkman microphone that he did a lot of futzing with it to make it sound better than what it actually sounds because before I had microphones I recorded into a little tape recorder that I had that just had a built-in condenser microphone ran off of two C batteries and it didn't sound like Jeff Lynn does on, on this. It sounded closer to something like this. 104 KZZP at 6... 14. Jo Jonathan Boyamar is not here, so one of the lead singers from the Looney Loons is taking his place. Eric Johnson, of course. <laughs> Thank you. So I'm going to say, yeah. Jeff did some producing on his voice after it went through a cheap little Walkman microphone. As most people would do after they went, oh, well, that was an interesting experiment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But there's a reason that I have a studio. A big studio with all kinds of microphones. And and that I don't just shout into a uh, Walkman when I'm out riding my bike. <laughs> I did like the lyrics. I mean, his lyrics used to be, well, 
let's just make something rhyme and go with it. But the lyrics on Zoom definitely seem like they're more, I guess, maybe more introspective, more sort of about him, or at least don't sound like, well, I gotta write some words that rhyme, so let's do that and make it fit with the music. And done. Mm -hmm. No, I guess he was writing about California. The California that people at his financial echelon can enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he says it's about California and, and the sun and all that stuff. But from my view, it seemed like more he was reflecting on the mistakes that he may have made in his life or situations that kind of aged him or gave him wisdom or something that he can look back now that he's 2,050. Now that he's like 52, at the time anyway, now that he's 52, it's kind of like, oh man, that was terrible. But I got through it and I won't do that again. But it's an okay song, but yeah, really, <laughs> um, not much I can say about it. It's okay. It's just not that interesting. It's a forgotten gem. Got something to say about melting in the sun? Then call the telephone line voicemail. Six two three eight five zero three three seven five. Call now. Good hello everybody, it's me, that Donna guy behind that Xanadu thing, and here's my take on Melting in the Sun. Jeff offers another song about survival, and as mentioned before, coming out of ELR Part 2 and Don Arden, that would be a lot of steam to let out for this album, so I can't hold that against him. He's the one who went through all of that, and not us. We're just the fans who bought and listened to his stuff, much less spectators reading all about it. Still, this is another Zoom production that kind of drags along, making any level of sympathy hard to connect with. Well, kind of, sort of, as I don't want to sound too much like an armchair jerk, or at worst, an opinionated fanboy butthole. The opening riff doesn't help, as it singles yet another drag through the Zoom mud. But then the riffs sneak in, and it manages to lift this above a lot of this album, solo included though that damn drum pattern makes this kind of shaky. Lyrically, it does offer a line of truth near the end. You can buy your freedom, but it doesn't come cheap. And if you work for a major recording label, I can see that. Reading books about this industry, like Hitman by Frederick Darren, you get the terrifying idea how low artists are in the corporate totem pole. Oh, does piss count as a fucking dirty word? moments in electric light orchestra history just give us an insight at the point where you've started ELO and it felt like oh wow I've got a career here what was the point when you realized this is hopefully going to be it forever now I can do this job forever well that was when I think we had the first single out which was called 10538 Overture yeah that was 1972 okay I was one <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, well, it was like, it sounded pretty powerful to me at the yeah. time. I thought, now I think this might be onto something here. Yeah. That was the first one, okay. and it didn't guarantee you, like, success over a long period of time. I mean, you could come and go in them days. Yeah. But I started writing some other good ones, like Showdown, and they all became in the top ten. So I felt, there is a chance here. Yes. And then we started going to America, which was 
really different. I mean, to see how it all happened in America, that was sort of sort of an eye opener. And, and were you having success here at that point? Is that why you came? Yeah, here? got a top forty hit with Roll Over Beethoven. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we started doing tours here, and so we were quite well known here. In fact, better known here than in, in England oh, really? for a while. Yeah, because we were always over here. Yes. It's so to trickle back from here yeah. into England again. Yeah. And started having more hits in England. Mm-hmm. And I think the big turning point was when I did an album called uh, New World Record, yeah. which had about three hits on it, and they were all top ten hits, which was great, you know, I was thrilled. Well, hello, this is Dr. Troy. Melting in the sun. Oh, man, this is one of those songs that... I don't hate it, but I don't like it all that much either. I think if 45s had still been a thing back in 2001, I think it probably would have been better as a B-side. There's just not much on this song to recommend it. There are a couple of things I like. I love the guitar solo near the middle, and I really love that effect. Which you hear at the beginning of the solo and at the end of the first verse. And I love Jeff's double tracked or triple tracked vocals, whatever. They kind of lend a sort of ELO type chorus feel to the song. But in the end, it's just not enough to save this song from being filler. To say nothing of Jeff's singing, I think, the whole first verse or most of it through a Walkman on the mic stand. That gets irritating after a while. As does his use of the Dylan voice, which has been used so many times by so many people that it has become a cliche. You dig? Mmm. Oh, and speaking of Dylan, have you ever thought that if Bob Dylan or Bruce Springsteen, for that matter, ever discovered fiber, their music would no longer be the same. <laughs> Just a thought. A thought from Troy. Close my mind. Melting in the sun. Starts to shine. And suddenly it's gone. Your song touched me in a way I've never felt before. And which way did it can? Like it? Hate it? What does Madeline think? Hi guys, it's the Fairy Princess of Gold here. And the person who I danced with was Little Miss Cream, known as Cream from Sonic the Hedgehog. And I liked the song, and so did Little Miss Cream, known as Cream. Bye! Wow, she liked it! Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast, is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment, Assorted Deli Meets Amalgamated. You can contact us by voicemail at 623-850-3375 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com. Keep up to date on the show by joining our Facebook group and spread the word by sharing the link or giving us a quick rating on iTunes. 
You can financially support the podcast at patreon.com slash ELO pod. Next week, episode 157, All She Wanted.